This is episode 119 of the Steady Trade Podcast with your host, normal, stable old guy, Tim Bowen. It seems odd in the world of online traders, it's either like really young gunslinging bros or it's like old, bitter, divorced guys. Today, Tim sits down with another normal, stable old guy, Tom Canfield. I'm 53 and I've been doing this for 23 years and every morning I still wake up and then I'm excited to come down and see what Santa has, you know, under the tree <laughs> for me for that day. And together they talk about things like this. Tim, from a quality of life standpoint, it's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Like I'm in cash now and I'm done for the day and I don't care what the market does and I won't care what the market does tonight. And this. For those that do follow me, you know I don't talk a lot about how I trade right. and I don't talk a lot about trading strategy and all that, because I don't think it matters. And this. You'll be amazed at how dysfunctional you become when all of a sudden you really have to make money. Well, why did you take a position size three times as large as you normally take in that trade when all the signals said it's not probably a good trade to take? Let's talk about that. Why'd you do it? Yes, it's another great episode of Steady Trade. Right, Tim? Welcome back to the Steady Trade Podcast. Today we have a guest I've been looking forward to for years, uh, Tom Canfield. Definitely follow him on Twitter. We actually talk about this a little bit in the, uh, uh, in the podcast. Him and I both are long-term veterans of FinTwit, as they say, and, and we both kind of get into a, a off on a tangent about how it has kind of degraded over the years. But I tell you, Tom is a must follow, you know, 100% positive. 100% useful information. In a sea of noise, he's a great follow. So be sure to look at that link below and follow him. That being said, um, I loved this podcast because it was, I guess for lack of a better term, what real trading is about. I mean, Tom started out, um, you know, going into this with very little guidance. He mentions blowing up several accounts, took him years before things clicked took him even more years to be profitable and actually be able to, you know, provide for his family. So I think this is a great episode simply because Tom's number one, a great guy, very smart. And he's, you know, he, he's the epitome of what I want to be. I mean, he's, he's got a few years on me. I think he's eight years older than me. Um, his kids are going off to college eight years from now. My kids, kids will be going off to college and he's still doing it, you know, and he still plans on, Trading, he mentions 10 years. I doubt him on that. If I, you know, again, I just got to know Tom. I'm thinking 20, 30 years. As long as he's able, he'll be at it. And, uh, hopefully you get some of that passion from him. And, you know, it really reminds me of what I aspire to do. I I joke on the podcast about living to 120 and trading till my last days. And, uh, if you love this business, if you really are passionate about it and you're willing to put in that time, like he did, you know, I did the same thing. I spent years part-time trading with a business, with a young family. If you're passionate and you got the, the, the desire to put in the time and the effort, you can achieve what so few do. 90% fail, sure, but 90% aren't willing to take the kind of approach that Tom does. So I hope you enjoyed the episode. Great one. One of my favorites by far. Check out Tom Canfield. 
Hey everyone, Tim Bowen here. Would like to thank you for listening to the Steady Trade Podcast. Really enjoy bringing it to you every week. And I've also got something great to bring to you today. We've recently partnered with Tradier, a great discount brokerage. And for $14.99 a month, you get unlimited trade commissions. No matter how many trades you make, it's $14.99 a month. And the other great thing is you can open an account with only $500. The best part about this is as you're trying to learn and grow that account, you want to minimize your costs as much as possible. So with Tradier, you can put that money back in your account instead of giving it to your broker. And that's how you grow over time. So check it out and sign up with Tradier today. All right. So as I mentioned in the introduction, we've got Tom Canfield here. Uh, you know, Tom is a, a guy I, you know, I've looked up to for quite some time. Um, you know, I think, uh, it's, it seems odd in the world of, of online traders. It, it seems like it's, it's either like really young gunslinging bros or it's like old, bitter, divorced guys. And I, it, I feel like Tom and I are like the only like, we're somewhere in the middle quote unquote, like normal guys with a family and do that, you know, and, and we approach yeah. this as a, as like a, you know, as, as a job, as a career, we're not here to, you know, to, to get rich quick and what, you know, and we're not here to like yell at the internet all day long. And, and uh, that's one thing I've always appreciated about Tom is definitely must follow on Twitter. I, I love your feed. It's, you know, it's all positivity it's all great stuff. So, um, so yeah, what I'd like to do, Tom, I've, you know, we, we've chatted here and there over the years. I just kind of like to get a, you know, get to know you for, for lack okay. of a better term. So great. what, uh, how did you Let's get started? I know you've been, you know, you've been in this 20 plus years, I think, uh, 20, what, what got you, 23 what got you years to be exact. Okay. It, it all kind of, well, originally out of business school, um, I, I went to work for, uh, a firm in New York, by the name of Kidder Peabody. Okay. And was, did institutional fixed income sales for them for a couple of years and was heavily involved mainly in the, in the mortgage backed CMO, working with a couple of, couple of few savings and loans out there. And it was kind of like wild, wild west gunslinging sort of stuff. And, um, I, I ended up, leaving that job after a couple of years because I was I was fascinated by the financial side of it all but I hated the people okay (laughs) absolutely I mean my job was basically to take a guy on the New York desk and a portfolio savings and loan portfolio manager somewhere somewhere else who were both borderline (laughs) non-humans and get that you know and get them to communicate I you know that was and it just wore me out and I was young and I had other things I wanted to do and had some interesting things happen in my life that sort of pushed me, pushed me out. And I got into the restaurant business for like nine years. Interesting. Um, okay. Started my own concept and whatever. And then I started, got married. Then I started having kids and everything in the restaurant business and having kids don't mix because right. it's just, you're a, you're a slave to that store. And so, and actually I ended up having four of them and I had no business having four because what I realized is the thing that made the first one work so well was the fact that I was there 90 hours a week. Okay. And so I couldn't duplicate myself. So that started to kind of crumble to a certain degree. And my dad took me 
as kind of a father-son thing that my mom had pushed him on since we hadn't gotten a chance to spend much time together to a Wade Cook seminar. If anybody, I mean, this goes way back in 1997, like spring of 97. And I, I think he's in jail now. But anyway, <laughs> he was teaching and preaching this passive income covered call kind of strategy. And we were there just basically to spend time with each other. And we both kind of like finance and, and whatever. And so that was sort of how um, I sort of got introduced to the whole thing because that was right about the same time the internet was starting to catch wings and okay. whatever. And I'm like, okay, I couldn't stand the whole covered call thing, but it got, but it, it started me. It, it lit a fire of, wait a minute. I remember liking this job and not liking the people, but now because of the internet, I can do this at, at home. Right. I just got to learn. I just got to learn how to deal with the equity. I just got to figure out equity instead of bonds. Yeah. But you, it, you don't, you, you're trading your own money. So you don't have to deal with people. Right. So, so it literally, that's literally kind of where it started from. And it was in the spring of 97. And so by the end of 97, I was spending while I was running the restaurants and no longer able to take a paycheck because the restaurants were not doing very well anymore. And so over the course of about the next year and a half or so, I started spending more and more time trading and learning and blowing myself up and <laughs> all the stuff that we all have to go through. Sure. Um, and then took the leap in like, oh, November of 99. Okay. Because I kind of had to. Okay. <laughs> um, to go full time. And if anybody knows the timing of, that that was like the worst possible timing ever because 2000 to 2002 was a bear market that wiped out <clears throat> like a generation of independent traders. Oh sure, yep. It was so it was so violent and so vicious. Um, but it was a phenomenal learning ground if you could survive it. Right. Which <clears throat> I kind of did, <laughs> to be truthful. Um, I was getting better and better. You know, fortunately, you know, my dad helped me out to kind of give me a little bit of a loan me a stake. Yep. After I'd kind of blown up all my stakes. <laughs> uh, and so in that that time, it like it helped me actually focus better, too, because all of a sudden it wasn't my money. OK. And um, fortunately, after a couple of years of, of doing fairly well, um he forgave the loan and said, off you go, kid. So okay. one of those things that I'll always remember and be thankful for, and you remember that stuff when you're a dad, too. Sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so anyway, that's really how I got started. And um, didn't get into the, to the, to the core of what I did until probably – Late 2001, early 2002, but it really didn't apply because I was I was like a can slim IBD uh, swing trading momentum growth stocks yep, type of yep. guy. I was learning that. That's funny. I, that's kind of where I started when I started wanting to day trade. I started out reading all the can slim stuff. Yeah, <laughs> right. And and so I ended up doing that for the better part of the next. Well, uh, I still do it, and it's been the core of what's allowed me to take care of my family and everything for the last 
you know, 15, 18 years. Um, and I've had a lot of success. My life's different now. In my opinion, the market's different now. Um, and so I have actually started to migrate oddly more to a day trading strategy. And I absolutely love it. Yep. <laughs> because, because of the, it's, it's more of a quality of life and a relationship with risk thing for mm-hmm. me because the overnight risk that I was taking, um, as time went along and the pot grew and everything, just it wore me out. And, um, when I had all four kids and I'm chasing three boys playing hockey all over the country and coaching and everything, only making money in chunks through the year was fine for me. Right. I didn't mind. It was, I mean, trading was kind of like second fiddle to the rest of my life and I could keep it in its perspective and whatnot. But now that I'm, and we just sent our last one off to college three weeks ago and I'm, we're empty nest and I've known it coming for a while and I, I retired from coaching and I've got a, I got a ton more time on my hands and it's hard to just sit around and wait for those two, three, six week periods a year, because I would literally make the bulk of my money in two to four, four to six week periods for the entire year. Oh, right. Okay. And then the rest of the year, it's work your ass off not to give any back. Sure. <laughs> Some years I was better at than others. Right. But it's, it was easy when I had a lot of distractions as, as things got more quiet and Oh, this sounds terrible, but I also got bored. Yep. Like I'm an entrepreneurial mind. And so I'm, I'm always looking for what's new, what's next. And the style was so, I had my scans, my routines, my entries, my, it was so routine and it worked great. Sure. Not bored to death. <laughs> and um, I've tried date, I tried day trading so many different times, but I'm such an emotional basket case as it is that <laughs> it just, I could never make it work. But now that life's a lot quieter and, you know, I've burned every finger on my hand by now with, with all the dumb stuff that I've done, it's become a lot easier. Okay. And I'm a lot more patient and I'm a lot more targeted and I don't try and trade all day. I, in the first 90 minutes of the day, I pretty much make what I make and then I, and then I move on. And it's from a, Tim, from a quality of life standpoint, it's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Like I'm in cash now and I'm done for the day and I don't care what the market does yep. and I won't care what the market does tonight. And I'll wake up in the morning and I'll kind of see what happened in the futures market and whatever, probably some sort of obnoxious gap. Cause that's what we do now. Yep. <laughs> and see what opportunities it provides take advantage of them for 30 minutes to 90 minutes and hope to make enough money to feed my retirement. There you go. <laughs> so that's kind of a long version of, of, of where I am now from where I went to where I am today, but, and I'll still do the can slim and I'll still do the swing trades. I got an account set up that's just sitting there when the environment's right. Right, right. But environment's everything. I don't care if you're day trading, you're swing trading, you're position trading. It's all about when. It's not about what you buy as much. It's about exactly. when you buy. Yep. Yep. And is the market right for what you're doing? 
and it just never is all the time. So this is helping me because I can, I can flip that switch really quick because mm-hmm. I've done it for so long. But right now I'm having a blast just doing this stuff. Sure. Now, now you mentioned like when, when you were getting started, you said, you know, in the, in the late nineties, you were learning, you know, and, and that's what we're trying to do with the podcast here. I mean, yeah. the podcast is mainly geared towards the newer trader. So yeah. like back then, when you say learning, was it just learning trial by fire or were you reading books? Were you ordering VHS tapes at that point? You know, what was it, you know, going to seminars, what were you doing? So anybody wants Kevin Haggerty's VHS (laughs) six tape series that is actually really good. The the best part is like probably 90% of our listeners don't even know what VHS is. Right. (laughs) That that was a little Easter egg I threw in there, but we're moving. And so I'm going through all my stuff and I'm looking at all these things and I'm like, Oh my gosh, I got, I got three ring binders. So do I, I VHS tapes and, and, and all that stuff. And it's like, they don't, they, they don't make this stuff anymore. But yeah, to answer your question, um, you know, education wasn't quite as wide spanning as it is now. Um, and I'm going to argue that I had an advantage that it wasn't. Right. Oh, I, I agree. I'm thinking about this from time to time because I think – Learning by figuring it out mm-hmm. sticks way better than listening to somebody else tell you how things need to go. Oh, for sure, 100%. Yep. It just it sticks in your brain better. It gets your creative juices going better. It allows you to understand yourself within the process, which I'm a huge proponent of that because I think who you are makes a big difference in what works and what doesn't. Yep. Um, but yeah, to answer your question, a lot of it was trial and error. I'd read books and then I'd go trade and then I'd read a little more. And then I, and you're just kind of, you're just sort of doing this yep. and, and asking a lot of questions and figuring out where you went wrong. And it's just, there's no, I can't ever give a formula. I mean, I, I, for those that do follow me, you know, I don't talk a lot about how I trade. Right. And I don't talk a lot about trading strategy and all that because I don't think it matters. Right. I think that's, you know, the stuff that's more universal is how you think, how you approach it, the kind of mindset you have to have, how to figure out how to trade when you got your head up your ass yep. <laughs> and stuff like, because it just happens, you know? And because we're humans and so much of the academic literature about who you have to be to be a successful trader, the type of character, the type of mindset you have to be, the optimal mindset, all those things that we all kind of strive for and learn about and hear about. I would say that 75 to 80 percent of the time, you're nowhere close to that mindset. Right. You just aren't. Yeah. And so then how do you make it work? Which is a little bit about what I'm going to talk about traders for a cause, how do you, how do you make it work when you're suboptimal most of the time? Exactly. Yep. Yep. That's, that's a simple fact is, yeah, you know, you, because you, life, you life know, does you, that to you. Yeah. You didn't get, you didn't go to bed on time. You know, you got in a fight with yeah. the wife, you know, the, whatever it is. I mean, a lot of, a lot of young you got guys, some bill you didn't expect in the mail or something. There's always something. I mean, if you, that's going to throw you in that send like state so ill, you know, so infrequently. You know, 
if you're single, if you're a guy or gal that's single and doesn't have any other responsibilities and whatever, Zen is easy to achieve. <laughs> but every five years, your life is going to go through radical changes. And so it's, and, and the responsibility outside of trading is going to just keep ramping up. And sure. so you've got to figure out how to adapt to that. Yep. And it's, I think that's the more fascinating stuff about, about trading than, uh, you know, whether you're trading a 921 exponential moving average cross or you're a day trader that's looking for breakouts or you're fading low floaters or whatever it is. Learning the strategies, pretty straightforward. Figuring out how to make it work day in and day out with all the other crap that goes on in your life. All right. That's the tricky part. So, you know, it's kind of interesting. I, you know, again, I'm just, I'm just kind of getting to know your history here. Um, it's funny you, you told the restaurant story because I, you know, I have a similar story. Um, started a business, um, in my early twenties and, uh, was successful. About that a while, like about a year ago or something. Yep. You really yep. see some DMs over, over that. Yeah. And, you know, I had just, I had made myself a job. That's all I, I mean, it was a very good paying job. Yeah. But I was, I mean, 24-7, on call, 24-7. And that's what attracted me. I'd always had an interest in trading, but that's what attracted me to it was I'm just like, I love the business and the business is still doing well today. I, I sold out to my partner, but there was, it was the employees and the customers and the, you know, and, and that's what drove me nuts. And, the, and the, I, I was trading while I was doing the business for five or six years. And I just kept looking. I'm like, man. I can, especially day trading, I can just shut this laptop. There's no, there's no bitching. There's nobody's late. You know, there's nothing. And that, that's what it really attracted me. I used me. to make the joke that the market can't pick up the phone and call me at 2 a.m. Yep. <laughs> I like that. I'm going to steal and it. And tell me <laughs> that, that the baker isn't showing up for work. And so I have to now go in and bake the bag. It was a bagel bakery and coffee shop concept, similar to what Einstein's is now or whatever that you, that you see across the country. I had created that before they all came around and it went and it worked great, but it was 24 seven, like literally, because we had a wholesale business that went through the night and, and, and all that. And I would get pulled out of bed Yep. Up 24 hours straight, all that. And it just, it, it exhausted me. And the, and the other reality was that I was, my business plan and my model was being pursued effectively by a bunch of high school and college dropouts. Okay. <laughs> who were looking for 10 hour, $10 an hour jobs because that's all they could get. And so you're like, okay, the motivation levels are completely different. What, what I'm spending most of my time is on is managing idiots. Yep. <laughs> me too, brother. <laughs> Not pursuing a business plan. If I fail at this, it's all me. Yep. And and I, I can live with that so much better. And it's manageable because, I mean, I know things go 24 hours now, but I don't have to participate. Sure. And I don't. Yep, yep. So. So what, uh, you know, this is, again, we're, we're geared towards the, the new trader and someone that's yep. trying to, you know, most of them have day jobs. They're doing something else. Like, you know, I get asked a lot about the time frame. I mean, obviously everyone wants to like go full time in a month. Okay. Which I tell them, I'm like, listen, no, no, but, but how do you like, how long did it take you 
not, I mean, I'm not saying you were from nothing to, you know, to crushing it or whatever you want to call it, but how long did it take to you where, where you were like, okay, this at least makes sense to me. Do you have, do you have like a rough time frame on that? What's the, uh, this makes sense. Took me about a year. Yep. Making money consistently off of what made sense <laughs> probably took me closer to three years. Yep. It was right at about the 30 month period. If I, if I go back and look, so two and a half years where I started to stop having drawdown months. Right. Um, and I was starting to consistently be either green or awfully close to green every single month before I was like, Hey, I could do this was probably a year past that. Yep. And before I started making meaningful money, like, Hey honey, we don't have to just have baloney and, <laughs> and share a piece of bread um, was about five years. Okay. Yep. Similar time frame for me. Yep. Yeah. So, you know, I, but I once started... that once that hit, I was able to escalate pretty aggressively. Okay. Yep. To the point where I I kept chasing to see, and then and then it became a game of how do I manage expanding and getting larger and dealing with the psychology of I'm not buying 500 shares, I'm now buying 4,000 type mm-hmm. stuff, and it's like how do you do that, and and how do you emotionally adapt to sizing up, which is you, you've had to do it. I, you know, it's, I mean, it's, that's a tricky business. Oh yeah. (laughs) And there's no formula for it. Yeah. Um, and I would do stuff like oversize and lose big to numb myself to what losing big really was. So that all of a sudden when I moved back down, I moved back down to a higher level that didn't seem very scary. It wasn't a very productive way to do it, but it worked. Okay. For me, anyway. Sure, sure. Anyway, I'm jumping all over the place, but no, no, uh, no, no. That's fine. So yeah, uh, I mean, but but to answer your question, it was it was three years before I was comfortably profitable, and five years before I was comfortably profitable, and and making a living that was continu- continually growing um, in a nice way. So, and and that's something that you know we call it's called the Steady Trade Podcast for a, a reason. You yeah, know, that, that's something I talk about. It takes time. Every- Every episode, yeah. And if you're in a hurry, you're going to get your ass handed to you. Thank you, thank you. Slow yep. down. <laughs> that and, and and everybody is in always in such a freaking hurry. That's what that's one of the things that frustrates me about. You know, I mean, you get you get the DMs, I get the DMs, and all the time like, they're like, you know, hey, you know, this is, a, you know, how do I how do I how do I make it work? How do I make it work? And my first question is always like, how long have you been doing this? Right. And it's like, there, you know, it's three months, it's five months. I'm like, slow the fuck. Down, I'm like, geez, oh, Pete's man, you're putting. This is hard. I mean, this might be one of the hardest, probably will be the hardest thing you right. ever do. And now yeah. you're trying to do the hardest thing you'll ever do in three months, six months. You're 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 doomed if you're trying to hurry it. And if yeah. let's say you got a ten thousand ten thousand dollar account and you're trading a couple hundred shares here and there of 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 small stocks and you're having some decent success, it it means absolutely nothing. Because you still can't feed yourself and your family yep. on whatever it is you're doing. All you're doing is building a foundation of what works. Because when 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 life expands and life grows and you got to make a hundred grand a year, mm-hmm. 
it's you you will click quickly learn that you are one dysfunctional mother you know whatever you want i'm trying to behave even though you open the door that i can do it i'm a hockey <laughs> coach so the f word is very common uh in our in our home and and on the bench and oh and yeah with kids and so I, i'm working really hard right now <laughs> to stay pg um but you know the point is we're You'll be amazed at how dysfunctional you become when all of a sudden you really have to make money. Sure. And and we are we are so driven by so many dumb things inside our own head that you don't get introduced to until all of a sudden the rubber meets the road and and you're actually doing this for real and people are questioning you about what you do and why do you do it and all that. And then all of a sudden your ego gets cranked up and you got to prove it to them or you got to prove it to your parents or whatever it is. You just become a stupid idiot. You get out of your, you, you lose all emotional parameters of what you're trying to trying to actually do because all the other little demons that live inside you wake up and start fucking with you. Yep. Exactly. That's the truth. <laughs> Yeah, it's actually where um, um I'll, I'll actually send you her link. Um, it's kind of cool. Uh, we we recently had Kim Ann Curtin. She's called the Wall Street Coach, but she's actually she's worked with Jim Rogers, Bill Ackman, and stuff. And that's all you know. Ninety percent of what she talks about is the ego. You know, it's just and, and it, she was a great guest, super cool, and and it's it's amazing. You know, I've managed like you to fumble my way through it. You know, here 15 years later, but uh, talking to her, I'm just thinking, I'm like, man, you know, so much of this stuff would have been nice to maybe realize this a few years ago right. instead of having to find it out on my own. But that's the way it goes, I guess. So, but I think it's better. I'll be honest with you. Had somebody just flat out told me, uh, exactly, it wouldn't have stopped. I know where you're going. Yep. <laughs> I mean, I needed to do the stupid stuff, I still do it. I mean, I, sometimes I'm amazed. I think in my head, man, I must be really, really good to be able to figure out how to make a living being as messed up as I am. Yep. Cause I still come in and do some of the dumbest shit. Like I just, I'll, I'll sit there at 11 o'clock and go, wow, I am impressive in terms of what I can do that is so moronic because, and then you sit there and you start thinking about why you were driven to do what you did. Well, why did you take a position size three times as large as you normally take in that trade when all the signals said it's not probably a good trade to take? Let's talk about that, Tom. Yep. Why, why'd you do it? And you start tracing it back, and it's like, oh, you had dinner with your dad last night. Oh, interesting. He made you feel like you uh, you weren't adequate. Oh, okay. So you felt like you needed to – the market needed to, like, make you feel better today, didn't right. it? You just like it's like stuff like that that you don't think you carry and you don't think messes with you until you do stuff and you're like, where'd that come from? How did I get here? <laughs> so, um, what uh, you know, a lot of what you talk about on Twitter, and, and that's and I, I I love your feed, and again to the listeners, I say everybody follow it. You know, is that mindset stuff? And yeah. you know, to me, it's not necessarily like you said. It's not whether you're tra- trading a you know, a, a, a nine and 60 EMA cross or any of that. I mean, it's just so much about having that mindset of the trader and, and, right. you, you know, again, where do you, I mean, do you, do you still, where do you, do you still read a lot today? 
I, I do. Mean, what, you got any recommendations for resources or, or, or how are you honing that mindset? I guess. Boy, that's a great question. Um, I would say the, the number one thing that I do now, you know, and part of it is because I, I'm trying to fight to keep my mental and physical energy is, is as I exercise. I run. Love it. <laughs> I do a lot of sprint work, um, which is, it's funny. It's sprint work is basically the way that I do it, which is the way that I used to train my hockey guys. I was training recovery. Yep. And a big part of trading is being good at recovery. And so you're sort of like, so I do a lot of that. I didn't think about it from the standpoint of, of how it helps me until probably a month ago. And I've been doing it for probably five years now. Okay. Um, it, that it hit me uh, that the reason that I like this so much is because it trains my, my, my mind and my body to recover after getting its ass kicked. Sure. Yeah. I mean, you, you run a, you run a 200 as hard as you can. And you get a minute, you get a minute and a half or two minutes to rest. And then you do it again. And then you do it again by about that fifth, 200, you're, you're dying. Yep. And, and you're not recover and your body doesn't want to recover either. And so you start focusing on your breathing and you start doing all these different kinds of things to get your body to recover. Well, that's what I find that I do here. Now, I, you know, a lot of it is, is stuff that I just have learned again, just learn through doing it. But in terms of actively training my mind, there's probably a lot more I could do. Sure. Um, I do a lot of reading, but most of my reading is not trading related. Yep. Um, I find that I'm most effective now when I'm thinking less about what's going on. Right. So it's the escapes from the actual day-to-day that help me be effective. Because I've only got a certain window where my brain is really fired up and really focused in. And after that, it starts to fatigue. I noticed that when I was swing trading that I could only sustain risk tolerances, timing, and, and a great feel for the market for about two, three, four weeks, and then I was exhausted. And even if the market was still running, I started making all kinds of mistakes. And so it's like I get to a certain equity push now when I would do it, and I just hit the exit, and I'm like, I got to check out for a while. I have to so, – so a lot of it is just keeping my mind refreshed. It's the same way with day trading. When I first started doing this stuff, I'd be like, oh, yeah. If I make X in the first two hours, that means I can make three X by the end of the day. <laughs> That's you know? the trap we've all fell into. Yeah. <laughs> Dumbass thinking, but, but you have to do it. And you start to realize, wow, I really get pretty worn out after staring at the screens hard and timing and clicking and measuring everything for about 90 minutes. I'm, I'm pretty gassed. Yep. And so you just, I got to go, I got to go step away and to recharge my brain I go and I read an I go read novels. Yep. 
Love it. Love it. I mean, I have a dream of wanting to write one one day. So it's, and so, I mean, I've got, I can turn the computer around and see the stacks of books that I have in in my office of just, of, of novels that I read and I take notes and whatever. And I, when I'm doing that, I'm not thinking about the market at all. Yep. And that actually helps me. Because the more I grind on what's going on, the more I start creating stuff in my head that isn't really there. (laughs) So it's better for me to literally walk away from everything. And then two hours later, come back and be like, well, what has happened? And it's right there on the screen and it's easy for you to read. But if you're in it, you're, you're reading every single, every single tick, every single move. And A, it's exhausting, but B, your mind is creating stuff that isn't there. That's, yeah, that's something I call, like, like I caution newer people, all the newer traders all the time is, especially like my favorite is always like, you know, I, I always say, you, you know, somebody will send me a chart and they'll have all these technical indicators on there. I mean, you can, you can, you can make yourself see anything. Yo, if you had, if you had enough indicators and same thing. If you're sitting there for six hours, you're going to make up, you're going to find something. If you're oh, I know what they're doing. Oh, I know hours. what they're trying to do now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they're 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 trying to get you to think something, and they're about to really, you know, jam something up your ass. Yep. <laughs> and, and and they're giggling about it too because they know you're sitting there all chomping at the bit, thinking that you're really smart about knowing what's going to happen next. And I, I, I die laughing at some of the people that just love to tweet about what's going to happen next. Yep. <laughs> and it's like you're you're exhausting yourself and. Who cares if you're right? Exactly. Yeah. Because being right really isn't that important in this job. If you're right, you'll retweet yourself. And if you're wrong, you'll just ignore you ever said it. You know, it's like. (laughs) Anyway, it's just, it's, it's human nature and you can get a pretty good microcosm of, of, of all the different types of dysfunction that exist inside you and inside everybody else out in the world just by watching Finn Twit. Yep. Because everybody's bearing their soul pretty clearly and exposing their neediness. I mean, I, to be honest, I'm no, I mean, why do I do it? Right. <laughs> Trust me. There's a lot of days I ask myself that same question. It's like, I why, do, but it's why like, am I here? Why am I here? <laughs> well, part of it is you're lonely. I mean, that's how I started on Twitter. I was just like, here I am sitting in my office all by myself all the time. And, and all of a sudden I find this community. I'm like, oh my gosh, here's a bunch of other people that are just like me. Yay, how fun. And then you find out that's not really what it is because they're not just like you. Yep. Um, and you start, you know, and I guess part of it was, it, it, for me, it started to be a journal of reminding myself of what's important because most of what I tweet comes straight out of my own mistakes. Sure. It just, which, is, it, which is valuable. That's why, you know, it's funny. I, I, I keep, uh, you know, I joined FinTwit in like 2008 um, and, uh, you know, I think about, and, and maybe this is just me getting old and jaded, but it just seemed like it used to be way more useful. It seemed like there was a lot more yeah. stuff, a lot more stuff like what you put out there. Okay. And, and not trying to stroke your ego, but I love the stuff you do. I'll take Twitter. it though. That's fine. <laughs> you know, I think back then it it was more like, it was almost like it was a, maybe because it was a smaller community or whatever. Yeah. It was more actually about helping each other. Now it's just like, 
I don't even know what it's evolved into. Well, there's a lot of marketing that goes on. Well, and that is, that's it too, you know, or, or if they're not marketing, they're trying to convince you that they're so smart or something, you know? Right. Yeah. I, I don't know. It, so used- part of my push is a little bit against that phenomena, I guess, to a certain degree. And I could tell, I could tell that's what you're it trying to just, do. <laughs> it's like, just, it's not fair to people starting out for us to be painting this picture of how easy this is. Yes. Yep. It's hard. I mean, sometimes it's brutally hard and it's cruel. Um, you know, like I, I got just a year and a half ago, I got caught in that XIV thing. Yep. I mean, that's just cruel. <laughs> I mean, it just to have something like that disappear overnight. Yep. Um, and you know, it's, but that's the game we play. The, we we signed up for it. We know the rules. Yep. The fact that there are no rules. So <laughs> exactly. <laughs> nothing's fair, and you better get used to that and get comfortable with that. And bad stuff's going to happen. And it's a question of how do you deal with it. Yep. Um, but there's so many people out there that are spinning how easy this is, or spinning how easy it is if you just follow them. Yep. And whatever. And it's like. Oh, there's so many people that are just throwing their money at this stuff. And I, I'm off. I think there are a lot of really good educators out there. Don't get me wrong, but people need to be smart yeah. about, I mean, ask questions, investigate, listen to what they're saying and see if it resonates. Do they talk about the bad stuff as well as the good stuff? Cause you know, I only talk about my bad stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I don't need to talk about my good stuff. My good stuff makes me feel good just by looking at my account, you know? Yeah. And so. Yeah. I always think, you know, I always use the, you know, the sports analogy. It's like, you know, like when, you know, obviously is talk about cruel and unusual punishment. I grew up a Detroit lions fan, you know, and, <laughs> you know, and, and back in the heyday of, you know, Barry Sanders, it was always like, you know, yeah. why doesn't he celebrate touchdowns? He would just hand the ball to the ref. Well, that's what he's supposed to, you know, that's what, that's his job. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So he's hands the football and said, okay, let's, let's go do it again. Cause that's, that's what I get paid to do is score touchdowns. So. So it's, I mean, it's still an interesting platform. It's, um, I still like it some days, (laughs) but I don't like it as much. I, 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 it's, and part of it is like, I don't ever retweet myself. I don't ever repeat, you know, everything I do, I generate. And it's like, well, gosh, I don't feel like I got a whole lot else to say. Right. Cause I've, I've said it all. And then somebody comes out with some stupid tweet that irritates me or whatever. And I'm like, Oh, well, I can talk about that. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> so, so there's always, always things that motivate me with, with fresh material. And, uh, so I, it's, and, and it's a good outlet for me. It's a good outlet for my writing. Yep. Uh, and, and, and it's just nice to be able to get my thoughts out into the, into the world because it's, you know, sometimes I have to go and show the responses to some of my tweets to my children <laughs> so that they realize, Hey, somebody out there thinks dad's smart, <laughs> you know, cause they all think I'm an idiot. There you go. Exactly. <laughs> so it's, uh, but it's been, and it's fun helping people. I do like to teach. I mean, yeah, that's yep. love it. Yeah. Yep that's that's really rewarding and it's a lot of fun when you see light bulbs go on for other people um it's just 
how do I do that in a way where, because I don't, I don't want to start a business of doing that stuff, at least not right now or anything. And um, I can do it in a way where it doesn't suck the living life out of you. Right. And, uh, but you can still make, you know, hopefully make a little bit of a difference. So that's sort of how it's evolved for me. So what, uh, you know, we'll kind of bring her home here. Um, what do you, uh, what, what do you think about, you know, do you plan on day trading and swing trading until you're, you know, hooked up to an EKG machine and they turn the lights out on you? Or what are your plans for the future? I mean, do you, do you, do you I think now I may change. I mean, I want to do this forever. I mean, I'm as fired up and as passionate at 45 right. as I was at 25 when I started the business. But I'm kind of curious. Well, you know, you're you're 20. You're, you got eight years on me. What what you know? What do you what do you think? So, I don't ever see a time where I'm not engaged in some way, shape, or form. It's the only thing I've ever done that at a certain point I don't get bored with. Yep, yeah, I got same way. Yeah. <laughs> I, every morning, I'm 53 and I've been doing this for 23 years. And every morning I still wake up. And the first thing I want to know is where futures are. Yep. Give me a sense of what's happened overnight. And it's the last thing I do when I go to bed. I check to see what's going on. Where are we? And then I check in the morning. And then I'm excited to come down and see what Santa has, you know, under the tree <laughs> for me for that day. I mean, it's really a – so to answer your question, I – now, will I be day trading like I'm day trading? I mean, I just started that. You're right. Um, and I'm doing it, A, because I still need to make a living. Because I just, I still have four kids that, well, only two of them still left paying college tuitions. But, <laughs> uh, but it's also fun. Yep. I mean, I, I, I love the new challenge of it. It's totally different than what I've ever done. Um, and so from that standpoint, it gives me a real excitement and there's always going to be layers of new things. I mean, there's always, you know, the financial markets are, are going to be the same and constantly changing for the next 30 years. Yep. And as long as I can do it and do well enough that it makes a difference for my family, it's what I love to do. Now, will I try and I mean, part of what I'm doing is I'm trying to reduce the role of it in my life so that I can do other things. Um, my wife and I are actually moving to Arizona. I saw which, that. Yeah. And um, we're, we'll, we'll go back and forth for probably a couple of years um, and keep the house here. But we'll um, go out there because, A, she hates winter, and it gets me closer to the West Coast time zone, which I really am kind of attracted to. Yeah, me too. I've said that for years. Yeah. <laughs> I really like the mountain time zone. The yep. 630 is a little brutal. The sure. 730 is perfect because I'm a, I'm a mountain boy. So I'm a, I'm a skier. Yep. And so whenever I go out to Colorado or would go out to Colorado or whatever and ski, I'd wake up, I'd trade from 730 to like 10 and then I'm done. And I go out and I ski for the rest of the day and I'd swing back and check for how things were for the last half hour before it closed. And then you go back out again. It worked. And it was, perfect for that um but i like the i like the vibe out there and whatever and i've been in st louis my entire life okay so it's it's fun to have a change but i plan on trading in some way shape or form but i want to start to fight 
for more time where my mind is free. Sure. When I swing trade and I've got my full account and even on margin <laughs> in high growth momentum stocks, I don't care how strong the market is. You're a little nervous. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and you're waking and, up at, uh, you're waking up at, at 2 AM to check price quotes and you're like, nothing's even trading right now. And I'm still looking up. <laughs> right. And I don't want to live like that anymore. <laughs> I was, and that's one of the weird things that's happened is like my risk tolerance has actually gone down significantly as time has gone, as time has gone along. Um, and so people all think that day trading is so risky and I actually find it to be the least I agree. risky yep. venture going. As long as you can manage and control yourself. Well, that's it. Yeah, that's you're, it. I mean, you know, you're I think just, it gets a bad rap because people, you know, they lose their minds, you know, in right. 20 minutes. It's like, well, you know, you yeah. created that problem. The market didn't create right. that. That's problem. not the market. That's you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I plan on doing it as, as, as long as I'm able to and as long as I'm able to in a productive fashion. Um, I mean, but I see actively for probably the next 10 years doing just what I'm doing right now yep. um, and getting better at it and being more aggressive with size. I mean, I've said now that all my kids are gone and whatever, I'd like to think that my biggest earning years are, are, are still ahead of me. Sure. And so I want to take advantage of that. Cool. Well, I tell you what, Tom, I, I really appreciate this. I, you know, again, I've been looking forward to meeting you for years Um and, uh, you know, and, and I'll be at Traders for a Cause this year. Awesome. Look forward to seeing you there as well. We'll and, have uh, some fun out there. You know, and, and, and again, I would love to, uh, you know, I'd love to have you back at some point because uh, okay. I, I, may, I would like to, uh, you know, I really wanted to kind of lay the groundwork. I wanted to get to know, know you more and I uh, would love to have you come back and I'd, I'd really like to maybe talk about, you know, maybe just specifically mindset type stuff. Perfect. At some point. So, okay. Well, cool. Well, thanks a lot, That's Tom. Great. And uh, we'll, uh, we'll see you in Vegas. So. All right. I look forward to it, Tim. Thanks. All right. Thank you, sir. So. All right. Take care, bud. Hi, this is Nathan from San Jose, California. And I like to drive into work while listening to Stephen and Tim on the Steady Trade Podcast until I fired my boss and made myself my own. You too can register to win real actual prizes at their website, steadytrade.com, and make steady trading a real-time gig. If you really like what you hear, give the podcast a five-star rating. Write a glowing review on iTunes. I did. And this is how we say goodbye in the Silicon Valley. See you next time.